This is the 30-something movie podcast, and we're going to lock down the audio from our Patreon-exclusive episodes so tight, nothing will leak out ahead of time. No. Christopher Walken, what are you doing here? We have got to keep this from getting out. I said no. But we have to keep it to ourselves. I don't want to. If people hear the preview, they're going to flood our Patreon with more supporters. I don't care. But then we're going to have to create even more bonus content if that happens. Too bad. All right, Mr. Walken, you won me over. Here is this month's preview of our Patreon-exclusive episode. It's the 30-something movie podcast, guys. It is time for another one of our Patreon-exclusive episodes, this time on the 1952 movie High Noon. Um, Let me do a quick little spiel here, although everybody listening to this, you guys listen to us all the time, so you kind of know the deal. Um, We spoil freely, so this is your only warning that we do spoil, so we just talk freely here. Um, and then visit our website, 30podcast.com, where you can rate, leave a voicemail, become a co-executive producer via Patreon, which you all already are. But if you want to tell your friends, tell your neighbors, uh, let them know that if they want to get some of these bonus episodes as well, that they can come on over here to Patreon and any level of support, get some access to all these bonus episodes that we got over here. So all kinds of good stuff here. Uh, I've got almost a full crowd here with me tonight. Uh, I've got Bo. Bo, how's it going? Doing well, John. How are you? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Pat, you're hey, excellent. You're you're very blue, Pat. The people can't see it, but but you're blue. I'm thinking of something blue. <laughs> hey everybody. And uh You look like a smurf with glasses. I am a smurf with okay. glasses, actually. And okay. thank you to all our patrons. It's so awesome that you guys uh uh support us. That's that's very cool. So we hope you enjoy this special Patreon exclusive. Very much so. And then Dennis rounds us out here. Dennis, how's it going? Howdy. Doing good. Doing good. And yeah, I, I got to ditto that, man. Uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm glad this one's on here. It's good. Good choice. Yeah. All right. So as I said, this one is High Noon from 1952. I'm just going to go ahead and jump on into our background info here. It came out on the 24th of July, 1952. Um, so it is hitting, what is that, the 70th anniversary this year. Was rated PG with a runtime of one hour, 25 minutes. Directed by Fred Zinneman. Um, 1997, he passed away. Uh, pretty much everybody who worked on this film is no longer with us. So there's going to be a lot of uh, this person died in this year kind of a thing. Uh, let's see. He also did A Man for All Seasons and The Day of the Jackal. The writers were Carl Foreman, who died in 1984. And John W. Cunningham wrote the short story, died in 2002. Foreman also wrote the Guns of Navarone and The Bridge on the River Kwai. Cunningham also wrote The Stranger Wore a Gun and Day of the Badman. Producer was Stanley Kramer, who died in 2001. Also produced Judgment at Nuremberg and Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Music was done by Dimitri Tiomkin, who died in 1979. Also did the music for It's a Wonderful Life and The Guns of Navarone. Cinematography done by Floyd Crosby, who died in 1985. He did Fireball 500 and Pajama Party. Editor was Elmo Williams, who died in 2015, did uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and Tora, Tora, Tora. Budget for this one was $0.73 million. Box office was $12 million. Those are not adjusted for inflation. Uh, hmm. Flick Metrics gives it an 84%, and Cinema Score did not exist at the time this came out, so there is no Cinema Score for this one. Starring Gary Cooper, who died in 1961 as Marshal Will Kane. He was in Sergeant York, Mr. Deeds Goes to Town, and For Whom the Bell Tolls. Thomas Mitchell died in 1962. played Mayor Jonas Henderson. He was in It's a Wonderful Life, Gone with the Wind, and Stagecoach. 
Lloyd Bridges died in 1998. He was Deputy Marshal Harvey Pell. He was in Airplane, Hot Shots, and a TV series, Sea Hunt. Katie Girado died in 2002. She played Helen Ramirez. She was in Arrowhead, A Beautiful Secret, and Under the Volcano. Grace Kelly, who died in 1982, played Amy Fowler-Kane. She was in Dial M for Murder, Rear Window, and To Catch a Thief. Otto Kruger died in 1974. He played Judge Percy Metric. He was in Saboteur and Dracula's Daughter. Lon Chaney Jr. died in 1973. He was Martin Howe. He was in The Wolfman and Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. Harry Morgan, who died in 2011, played Sam Fuller. He was in Dragnet and MASH. Ian McDonald, who died in 1978, played Frank Miller. He was in The Silver Star and Roadhouse. Not the 80s one, but the 1948 one. Very different movies. Uh, Eve McVeigh died in 1997, played Mildred Fuller. She was in MathNet and a few episodes of The Twilight Zone. Morgan Farley died in 1988, played Dr. Mahan, the minister. He was in at least one episode of Star Trek, the original series, and he was also in Soylent Green. And then Harry Shannon, who died in 1964, played Cooper. He was in Citizen Kane and The Lady from Shanghai. The former marshal, Will Kane, is prepared to leave the small town of Headleyville, New Mexico, with his new bride, Amy, when he learns that local criminal Frank Miller, no relation to the guy who did all the Batman stories in the 80s, has been set free and is coming to seek revenge on the marshal who turned him in. When he starts recruiting deputies to fight Miller, Kane is discouraged to find the people of Hadleyville turn cowardly when the time comes for a showdown, and he must face Miller and his cronies alone. The judge has left town, Harvey's quit, and I'm having trouble getting deputies. People gotta talk themselves into law and order before they do anything about it. Maybe because down deep they don't care. They just don't care. I think you better go while there's still time. It's better for you and it's better for us. Amy. I mean it. If you won't go with me now, I'll be on that train when it leaves here. I've got to stay. Why must you be so stupid, Will? Have you forgotten what he is? Have you forgotten what he's done to people? Have you forgotten that he's crazy? Don't you remember when he sat in that chair and said, You'll never hang me. I'll come back. I'll kill you, Will Kane. I swear it. I'll kill you. A terror-stricken town left him to face four killers, single-handed, at high noon. With every swing of the pendulum, with every second, a man's life ticked away. Never have so few moments held such excitement. Miller! What kind of woman are you? How can you leave him like this? Does the sound of the guns frighten you that much?
All right. So my first question, as we normally start off these discussions, um, when was the first time you saw this, and how does this movie make you feel? Dennis, I know that you, uh, I think, had mentioned you'd seen it before, or maybe, John, you had. Would one of you guys want to start? Oh, man. Um, or am, I, am I putting you on the spot? I don't want to be Mr. Bossy Pants over here. Let's have John go first for a change. He never goes first on this one. Yeah. I, I never go first. Um, so, yeah, so this one is, this is the second or third time I've seen this one. Um, this is another one of those that when I was in college, I had that little video store that would do like the, you know, on the weekends or on certain days, it was like, you can rent a Western movie for 25 cents or something crazy like that. So there would be times where I would just go to this video store. I would just stock up on movies of a certain genre. Cause that was the, that was the cheap movie that day and just watch these movies. And that was the store where they had such a great selection that I would just go and I would just start grabbing stuff I had never seen before. So that was my time of finding all these like foreign films that I watched that I never would have had a chance to see before. Um, old Westerns that I had never seen, uh, all kinds of stuff. So that was probably the first time I saw it. So it would have been college, probably, I mean, maybe like sophomore year of college. So we're looking at, you know, what's that? 22, 23 ish years ago. Um, that was the first time I've saw it. I saw it one more time in between then and this last week. And then uh, the third time would have been this last week, this weekend, and actually watched it with the kids. Um, I was like, it's it's an older movie. It's rated PG. Like, I know there's some, you know, rough parts to it, but it's 1952 rough, so that's a little different than a 2022 rough movie. So I was like, nope, we're, we're going to watch it. I think this would be a good one to watch with the kids. And um, I, I think they really enjoyed it. In fact, we I've told you guys before, and I, I won't get too far into this because we'll do this towards the end, but uh, before we record at dinner on nights that I'm recording, I usually ask the three questions, you know, if they can answer it, I'll ask the three questions of everybody in the family and um, pull back the curtain. We are, re- we're also recording our um, under siege episode tonight too. Nobody in the family could answer my question about Gary Busey. Um, mm-hmm. But for this one, uh, I did ask some of the questions, and this is probably some of the most discussion that we've ended up having about any of the three questions because, and don't answer this now because we'll get to this later, the first of our three questions tonight is, in this situation, would you stay or would you go? And so everybody in the family was like, well, I would stay. I would do this. I would do this. I would do this. And then I was like, yeah, but what about this? And they're like, oh, okay, well, yeah, in that case, I probably would go. But this, so it just, it started this big old discussion about, you know, which characters were we angry at for leaving or not leaving, which, you know, what would we have done in that kind of a situation? So, um, I mean, it really seems like they, they enjoyed it quite a bit watching the movie. So, um, this movie, how's this movie make me feel? I just, I, I really enjoy this movie. Like I like from the cinematography part to it, to knowing some of the history about the music that's in it, um, just all those little bits and pieces, just all that kind of went into making this movie. And, and I think what makes this movie so good is it just, I, I just really, really enjoy this movie. So I've seen it three times, most recently this weekend, first time back in college. Dennis, you saw this. Were you a kid? You saw this in the theater when it came out? So, so I, no, I, yeah, I didn't when it was in the theater. Yeah, that's good. Hey, uh, anyway. Um, Did you get Gary the, Cooper's autograph when you saw this? If I could walk up to you right now, I'm just kidding. Um, if, 
<laughs> the uh, it's just a joke. Hey, anyway, um, if I thanks, Will. I, if I if I think correctly on this, I want to say I saw this at home on probably a Saturday or Sunday. My dad watching it, and I remember seeing it all the way through as a kid, but really pretty young. Like it would, I would have been probably under ten when I saw this. So it's interesting to see what your kids will remember too later on. Like, so I know I enjoyed it back then. I don't remember not liking it. I sat there and watched the whole movie, but I didn't remember everything about it. And then I saw it again later when me and my wife time we were going through um, the list of AFC's top 100 films. And that was one of them that we sat down and we watched that movie. This was without the kids. And we watched that movie then. It was like, wow, this is really good. Like, yeah, that is definitely in the top 100. So that was like one of my favorites. I think it was like on that list. Like if somebody asked me when I was one of my favorite films, this is definitely in the Western category, one of the top three, if not maybe number one. It's, it's a, there's a close call, which I can reveal later, but for me. Um, and then I saw it again with the kids, definitely when the kids are a bit older and the same thing, they both, they all enjoyed it too. So it's something that stands the test of time, the script. It, I think it gels. Is it, is there the typical genre? Is it a simple story? Yes. But it's also very deep on some moral levels. I think, I think it's a pondering of what we would do in those situations. It causes you to really think, I think in some ways, um, you know, pacifism and, doing what's right and, and standing up to something that's not, and what do you do? You know, like there's just, there's, it's just a really good thought provoking thing. And I think the pace allows you to, to absorb a lot of that too. And the conversations and the acting and everything allows you to do that. So I think it's just like, while it has some simple elements to it, it's really put together well from every different perspective and, and makes it, a, I think just a classic, what they literally in terms of what they call a classic film. So I, I, it's enjoyable again for me and thought provoking. So it made me, made me think and it, it, uh, it, it, when you're done, you're like damn good movie. Bo, what do you got? This was the first time I'd seen it. Um, I enjoyed it. It, um, it definitely makes you think. And then it's one of those movies that it makes you think the first time you see it. And then you read a little about it and you think a little more. Like when you start to, I, I don't want to get too into it this early in the podcast, but when you start to, when you start to read about what allegories they were trying to make at the time and the story they were trying to tell. Um, and even the, the reason some people, spoke out against the movie. It was very interesting to read mm-hmm. some of that after the fact. So it kind of got you coming and going. It, the, you know, just the movie itself and the story was enough to make you think. And then you read more about it and you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> you almost want to go back and watch it again because now you're thinking about it in a completely different way. Yeah, I think, uh, I think wasn't John Wayne somebody who spoke out against it from whatever? Very much so, yeah. The ending especially or something, yeah. And I believe this was all at the height of the, the Western, wasn't it, back then as well, like that time period? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Early 50s. Yep. Patrick, what mm-hmm. about you? Boy, I think you guys just really very eloquently hit on everything that I was thinking and feeling and watching the movie. This was the first time I saw it. Um, I'm in the middle of actually a second rewatch. <laughs> Um, right now, as we speak, I'm watching the film. No, I, um, uh, no, I actually started it cause there were a couple of things that I wanted to, uh, uh, you know, just brushed up on before we did the podcast. And then it's like, okay, I hit pause to do this podcast. And as soon as we're done, I'm going to probably watch it again. Um, it, incredible movie. I loved it. I love, uh, I love Westerns. 
and um, this just fantastic movie. And I, I, I'm not going to say anything that's going to do anything, but, but uh, um, just agree with everything you guys said, all the, everything you mentioned. Yep. So listening audience, just go back and replay these three guys comments. And that's exactly what I'm feeling. This was just an awesome, awesome experience. So to kind of kick it off uh, plot-wise, we'll, we'll kind of give – if you've never seen this movie before, first of all, I, I would recommend stop right now and go watch this movie and then come back and listen to this podcast. Um, you know, there's some yep. movies that I'm like, yeah, you could listen to us and figure out if you really want to watch or not. I feel like this is one of those movies, like, you need to go watch it first and then come back and listen to us talk about it. And it is not a long movie at all. Um, I mean, if you're, if you're looking 25. to find it, it's hour 25. Yeah, yeah it's quick. 85 minutes. So Editing um, sucks doing this and that's another thing i would say from an editor's perspective i think the pacing and the editing is really it's just it's done well it yeah. does not feel long at all yeah and yeah so so, yeah. To, so to kick it off plot wise um right now, go go and watch it first turn it off right now yeah yeah stop go watch it and then come back we'll be here don't worry about it um so yeah the plot wise, of the podcast plot wise we start the movie we've got as the credits are rolling at the beginning uh you know we get the we get the outlaws we kind of see you know that they're uh, they're waiting for something and, and they make their way to the train station. And then immediately we kind of, we go back to town and we've got this wedding and we find out that it is the marshal who is getting married and basically retiring on the exact same day, getting ready to leave town. Cause the new marshal is coming tomorrow and there'll be, you know, one day between when he leaves and when the new guy comes. And I mean, we, we get into the action pretty quickly or we get into the, the, not necessarily the action, but we get into the, uh, conflict pretty quickly. We find out that uh, Frank Miller, who is somebody that the uh, Marshall Kane put away several years ago, uh, he was sent up north. He meant he was meant to be executed for his crimes for murder, and yet somehow he was not only was his sentence uh, lessened, but he ultimately was released. And so I don't remember. I don't think they ever really go into why he was released. Um, the people of the town just blame it on those northern judges uh, who let him out. And that's the, the kind of the premise of the story from here on out is Frank Miller, before he left town, before he was sent up north, um, he swore that he would return and that he would kill Will Kane if he got the chance. Uh, I think Will Kane thought that was never going to happen because he'd get sent up north, he'd get executed, and that would be the end of it. But he is loose, he is back, and he is on his way. And the message is, is that he is... He's going to be there on the noon train. So we've got until noon until he shows up. And that's one of the things that Dennis was pointing out is the way that this movie is edited together. And I was telling my kids about that. I'm like, do you notice how they keep going back to showing you images of a clock or they keep having the ticking of the clock sound? It's because this movie is taking place in real time. When this mm -hmm. movie starts, I believe it's supposed to be like 10, 15, 10, 30 in the morning. And the movie is 85 minutes. And by the end of the movie, you know, you've, you've got uh, the noon train comes, and I think the movie is supposed to end at like 12.15 uh, in the afternoon. So this movie is, the time that takes place is an hour and a half. This movie is an hour and a half. And you get the imagery of the clock to just kind of remind you that time is ticking away during this whole thing. So um, I'm going to get to, so here's, here's where I'm going to kind of, I'm going to stop at this point. I'm going to say at this point, as we get into the movie, the bulk of the movie is Will trying to find deputies. 
you know, trying to find people that will help him, that will back him up for this town that he's, it sounds like he's been there for maybe a couple of decades, um, that he turned this town around, the best marshal they've ever had. It was a terrible place to live, not a safe place for families uh, because of people like Frank Miller and his brother and, and their guys. And Will Kane has turned this town around and this is kind of his farewell, you know, that the, they're sending him off. But as he's going throughout the town trying to find people that will help him, trying to find deputies, he is turned down at every location he goes to. Every friend he visits, every the bar he goes to, basically he goes to the bar and they say, are you kidding? Like a lot of the people in here really like Frank, the guy that you put in prison. So nobody here is going to help you. Um, and I, I want to stop there because I think, you know, once we get to the scene in the church, that's a little bit of a, a bigger discussion. But um, what, how do you guys feel about the beginning of the movie? Like as you were watching it, whether it was for the first time or whether you'd seen this a few times, um, how this movie starts, how this movie is, you know, kind of just jumps right into things from the beginning. Um, tell me tell me some things you like about the beginning of the movie. I like that it uh, I, do, I like that it doesn't waste time. I mean, it just gets, it gets right after it and you know, you know, everything you need to know. I mean, I guess that's the beauty of simplicity. Like it's all right there. You need everything you, everything you need to know is right there and you're, you're completely into the story. Um, I, I actually, and I, if the time for this is later, I apologize, but uh, you know, the discussion was, what do you remember when you saw this as a kid and what do you think your kids are going to remember? So I reached out to my dad, big fan of Westerns as was my grandfather and my grandmother was just a fan of movies in general. And I reached out to my dad. I'm like, dad, have you ever seen high noon? We're texting back and forth. And he comes back with, Oh, it's been many, many years since I've seen that great movie. I'm like, really? You know, and he goes, yeah, actually I saw that in the theater when that came out, your grandparents took me, we went over to Waukegan. That was where the theater. So yeah, we went and saw it and I'm like, okay, well, what were your thoughts? And the next thing, and this is like, I mean, for all intents and purposes, the last time he saw it was maybe when it was in the theater. And all of a sudden he comes back with like the quote of the song that's always playing uh, and like, do not forsake me. Oh, my darling. You know, that, I think that's the lyrics of it. He's messaging that back. So, you know, uh, when when this came out, I think my dad was six <laughs> and like he's remembering this and remembering the imagery and remembering the marshal and, you know, man, those towns, you know, so it it was definitely power and powerful enough to stick in the mind of a, of a, of a six-year-old. You know what I'm saying? Do not forsake me, oh my darling, on this our wedding day. Forsake me, oh my darling. Wait, wait long. I do not know what fate awaits me. I only know I must. I heard Frankie Lane live in concert. I think I've lowered the median age of the audience by couple of decades but man that is one night i will remember that it was <laughs> amazing music we've, we've been to some concerts think, like that yeah i think it was I, my grandparents took me and i want to say my gosh i think it, it was over at ravinia and i think it was glenn miller orchestra was playing and and uh frankie lane was singing in the modern airs and okay anyways that's not the purpose of the podcast sorry but uh 
you know, so the imagery that sticks and man, I'm watching this movie. And my first thing is, man, this guy can't catch a break. Right. Like, and, and at first, at first I was kind of finding myself wanting like, okay, where's the prequel? Like, what's the backstory of all this? You know, why does, why did, why did those guys, you know, like it when the bad guy was in power or whatnot, you know, what's this history with this, this other gal and what's going on here. And, but then again, I'm just going to go back and, and, you know, you guys can talk more about the editing piece and all that, but the simplicity of the design of the movie, you don't need to see all that. It's what's matters is the here and now. And wow, all these people are turning tail and it's, in a way I was almost reminded of the Harvey Dent character in dark Knight. Um, but in this case, he didn't have a Batman or a commissioner Gordon to help, to help him out. And it was like that Harvey Dent character that was like, you know, you see, you know, like all the people that loved him and then all that he was the white knight. And then all the people that um, didn't like him. You know what I'm saying? And not only the bad guys, but just the people that were maybe on the take that didn't trust him or, Hey, you're going to, you're going to go against fellow cops in, in, in the, the Batman thing, you know, there were the, the police that were on the take with the crime and the whole thing. And he kind of rattled their cages. And I was kind of reminded of that, like, Oh, okay. This, yeah, this. And then all of a sudden it just was like, wow, this isn't some old like fluff kind of story. I mean, this, it really has a pretty poignant story to tell. So that, that was kind of my reaction as he was going around and getting shut down by all those folks. Hey, thanks again for listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast's monthly Patreon preview episode. If you'd like to find the full episodes, head on over to freezeropodcast.com slash donate. There you'll be directed to our Patreon page where you can join at any level of support to get access to these bonus episodes. There are other tiers of support available, but any level of support will get you access to the monthly bonus episodes. Everybody, thank you so much as always. Be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, and we'll see you back here next time.